y dos. Y dos. Una. Y dos. Y dos. Hello and welcome to Cortez NYC Livestream, the podcast. This show broadcasts twice a week out of New York City. We are your hosts, Cortez NYC. And Carla de Puerto Rico. And on the show, we talk about art, creativity, city life. From a Latino perspective, I'm a visual artist. And I'm a singer. And this is episode 59. As always, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and Spotify, and also on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. And don't forget my online store, CortezNYC.BigCartel.com. Uh, log on, check out what I have on there. I have some artwork, some stickers, some posters, some graffiti pins, and some original pieces. So log on and support an artist. And let's get on with this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Continuing the museum tour. Yes. Because we have to. This is fun. <laughs> I mean, it'd be funner if we were actually recording on site <laughs> and actually visiting oh, these places. Yeah, that's true. Um, but we're working off of memory and we're working off of information that we're finding online. Mm-hmm. Um, what we've been doing lately in these, in these episodes is we've been giving you guys a tour of some of the museums, some of my favorite museums, or... Uh, exhibits that I like to visit um, habitually in New York. Mm -hmm. Um, This one I haven't been to in a while, but last time that I went, I had a great time. It left a great impression on me, so I would definitely recommend it. Uh, This is the New York Transit Museum. Yes. It is a museum dedicated to, originally dedicated to the railway system, to Mm -hmm. the subway. Mm Mm-hmm. But then it expanded, and we'll find out in a minute. I'll start reading some of the facts. Mm-hmm. But it started off specifically with trains, and then it expanded into buses and all types of transportation and public transportation. Yeah, and yeah. it got into everything. And it, it's a very unique museum because you get to see um, different cars, uh, train cars, right? From the 1920s, 1930s, and you were like traveling in time in New York, in the city, because obviously the museum is here, but you are like traveling in time with how was the how were the cars before in that time. So it's pretty cool. Yeah. All right. So let's start with some of the facts. Uh, this is off of their Wikipedia page. The New York Transit Museum, also called the NYC Transit Museum, is a museum that displays historical artifacts of the of the New York City subway, bus, and commuter rail systems in the greater New York City metropolitan region. The main museum is located in the decommissioned Court Street subway station mm. in downtown Brooklyn and Brooklyn Heights in the New York City borough of Brooklyn. Duh. <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn, in Brooklyn. Everything Brooklyn. There is a smaller satellite museum annex in Grand Central Terminal in Midtown Manhattan, which mm-hmm. we've been to. Mm-hmm. That's the um, the museum annex. They have it. It's really like a store. Yeah, and usually it's it's well decorated for Christmas. They also they always have like a Christmas theme with the train and everything else. That the train is running around the city, 
and everything is well decorated, yeah. All right, so the location is in, just to restate this, the location mm -hmm. is the former Court Street Station, 99 Skirmerhorn Street, or Shermerhorn Street. It's actually a subway station, an old subway station. So when you go to the address, mm -hmm. you're going to look for a building. You're not going to find a building. What you're going to find is an entrance, and you go downstairs. Yeah, it's a little underground, yeah. Into the subway station, and there's the museum, Yeah. which is pretty fun because mm -hmm. that's already the beginning of the journey. Mm -hmm. um, the museum was established in 1976, wow. 42 years ago. I was two. <laughs> <laughs> No, mentira, I was four. I was four <laughs> when this was established. Um, so, I mean, I'm not going to get into the historic uses. It's a train station. Obviously, it was a train station. I'm sure. I mean, uh, fine. Fuck it. Uh, <laughs> the address is the Skirmerhorn Street train station, right? Uh, let me see when it when it up. Okay, so the, the original train station opened 82 years ago. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. That is crazy. A long time ago. <laughs> yeah, 1936. What? Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. And that even though now it's used as a museum, but it's still a space that is still open and running. Yeah. I mean, like many things in the city, and that's yeah. why the museum is so impressive. You wouldn't think that in the 1930s, 1920s, they were already subways. Right. And... For you to go and see, well, this is why at this stage of time we have the internet and things are running so fast because things were running fast back then. It's just that for us, seems like it was not that fast. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's when the museum was, the, the station was originally open. Um, mm. I'll tell you right now some facts about the museum. Okay. So... The exhibits and programs. So on July 1976, the New York City Transit exhibit was opened in the decommissioned underground station as part of the United States Bicentennial Celebration. Wow. So Bicentennial is two, two, 200, 200 years. 200 years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, part of its celebration, they opened up this museum in 1976. They were charging a fee of one subway token for admittance. Huh. Which is funny. Mm -hmm. um, old subway cars, which had been preserved, as well as models and other exhibits, were displayed. Mm -hmm. uh, plans were to, plans were to keep the museum open until September seventh of that year. Oh! But it proved to be so popular that it remained open and eventually became a permanent museum. That's interesting. That's a nice. lot of a lot of things are like that, where they don't have long term goals. Yeah. They just think that they're going to do something like a pop up or something mm -hmm. like for an event, and mm -hmm. then if it you know, if it collects money and it starts making, getting attention, then... Yeah, if people are interested and more that because this city is such a, it's, it's a big location for tourists. Yeah. And if people want to come and, and learn a little bit more about the history of the city, it's perfect to have that type of museum. Yeah. Um, so, on the weekends of, of its initial opening, back in 1976, mm -hmm. um, it was... They were doing a museum nostalgia, uh, museum nostalgia train run, so it would be like the old nostalgic trains mm -hmm. would run between 57th Street and Sixth Avenue and Rockaway Park, making in, uh, intermittent hour-long stop at the exhibit. So, th 
they were running the train as a promotion. Yeah. You know, in, within the city. Um, so in the 90s, in the mid-1990s, the MTA, mm-hmm. the, the, the yeah. company, the MTA, yeah. they took over. They assumed control of the museum. Oh. So I guess before that, it wasn't, it wasn't the MTA's museum. Right. So right. in the 90s, it became the MTA's museum. And then they expanded it to um, make it bigger. So they say at that time, the scope of the museum was expanded to include other aspects of transportation mm-hmm. services within the MTA region, including commuter rail, the Long Island Railroad, the uh, buses, mm-hmm. the roads, the tunnels, the bridges. So that, that's when they turned it into a transportation museum. I see. Um, the museum includes subway, bus, railway, bridge, tunnel, memorabilia, and other exhibits, including vintage signage and in-vehicle advertisements and models and dioramas of the subway, the bus, and other equipment. Um, they have lectures, they have seminars, they have films. I think that's the stuff that, uh, I guess that's the stuff that makes it kind of interesting is how it, it's, um, it's educational. Yeah. I it's educational, but not educational in a way like government museums can be, where they can be very boring because they just have um, like posters of information right. in the walls and then maybe a photo of or two and you're walking and you have to stop and read. But it's educational also in a way that they have something to show you from that time, which make it, makes it like more relatable. Yeah, I mean, I and I think it's it's... One of the impressions that I got that was like why I recommend it so much, especially mm-hmm. for people from from New York, mm-hmm. but also if you're from a big city, mm-hmm. um, is that, and we, we don't we forget about it because we don't realize it because it's so transparent. Like we're constantly doing it, but every single day we ride the subway. Yeah, it's part of our lives. We spend yeah. probably as much time in a subway as we do some other places. Yeah, um, and we. I guess take it for granted the history of this thing that brings us back and forth, back mm-hmm. and forth every mm-hmm. day. Um, I think it's interesting to be educated on something that is part of your life that way. Yeah. Because how else would you even know anything about that? Exactly. I mean, it's not the same thing. I mean, some people would say, well, you know, you ride an elevator every day. Do you do you go to the elevator museum? <laughs> But I think an elevator doesn't have that personal attachment that subways do. No, yeah. I don't know why subways have that you get that attachment I mean, to subways in it's the like, subway you sleep in the subway you listen yeah. to music in the subway you can read a book in a subway you can be talking on the phone with your family yeah um, and there's like you said we spend so much time in the subway sometimes there's delays and you don't want to be inside the subway car for two hours yeah, you're going crazy but you have to so it, it, it becomes part of uh, it's, it's an important part of your life because you cannot live without taking the subway Yeah, I mean, but also it's like um, I I compare it to like uh, I would imagine back a few centuries when everybody had to ride a horse, uh-huh. and if you rode a horse every day, you would have to learn about the horse mm-hmm. in order to maintain the horse and to respect the horse and to make sure that the horse lasts for you and that you can ride the horse safely and all that. Right. Like you would have a connection to your means of transportation right you don't magically just show up somewhere yeah, yeah, and yeah. i think nowadays we have that connection in a way because we all know our train line and mm-hmm. we kind of 
we identify with our train line. Because the minute I ride a different train that's not my train line, I'm like, that train is crazy. Exactly. <laughs> Meanwhile, my train is probably just as crazy. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we have that identity as, as city dwellers of, you know, that's my train line. I That's mine. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like, we, are, we all share it, but it's my train line. And I, so we still have that connection, but we don't have any knowledge yeah. of that system, of that train, of the history, of any of that. So I think that's kind of interesting about this museum. To make a long story short, that's why it impressed me because I think it educated me and I feel like if you really are, if you've had that New York City experience of, or like I said, a big city experience of, of riding trains every day, the minute you see this museum, you're going to be like, wow, I didn't think about this. I didn't mm-hmm. think about how this whole thing evolved. And these trains have like a history within themselves. They have a life of their own. They they yeah. have personality. When, when you yeah, see the old yeah. trains, mm-hmm. you realize the personality, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. It's almost like being inside somebody's home. Yeah. It's like, and now you are in the home of the, like I said, the 1930s or the 1960s even. And you are inside. It, it's almost like going to the Museum of Modern Art and seeing the furniture that they have for the 60s also. It has some kind of like connection there. Right. The the design that they were using, the colors, um, the way that the windows were, yeah. everything else. Yeah. The, the, Even the poles the, for the you way to the, the way the poles are. The, yeah. Whether they were back in the day when they were called when they were straps, literally leather straps, and mm. that's why they came with the term strap hanger um, that you would hold on to. But um, whether it's the poles, the chairs, yeah, the, the, chairs. the little comforts, mm-hmm. you know, whether they had lights or didn't have lights, whether they had fans or it, didn't have fans. It was made out of wood or not. Yeah, <laughs> leather, cushion chairs versus wooden benches. Mm-hmm. And it all it all makes you think about the people that used it yeah. and what their mentality was. Yeah, and And then you compare it, you know, the minute you get back into your own train, the exhibit continues, right? When you're riding back home. And you get back on the, your regular modern train and you're like, oh, wow, what are people going to say about this train in the future? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, look, they had like... Uh, Lights and... Uh, exactly. And, and the, a robot would and talk to you. Screen. <laughs> yeah. And a robot talks and says, stand clear of the closing, closing doors. doors uh-huh. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. Um, all right, so let me just continue a little bit more here with the facts and then we'll talk a little more about our experience. But um, the museum's mezzanine upper level contains the majority of the exhibits, restrooms, water fountains, nobody cares about that, gift shops, blah, 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 blah. Um, the exhibits on the upper level are changed from time to time. In addition, there is a small presentation screening room which usually th- displays posters and videos for public education. Um, Railway artifacts on the platform lower level. So when you go downstairs, you kind of to to get into the museum, you pay an entrance like a token. Mm-hmm. It's like a token booth setup, like yeah, the yeah. old time. Because now now we can say old time because now we use the machines, right? Mm-hmm. It's all credit cards and swiping. Mm-hmm. But they have an old, um, you know, the, the token booth station, and then you, you buy it, pay your entrance in there, and then you go. You can go further down. So you go down into the main entrance and then you go further down and you, that's where they have the actual trains parked, just like they do, they do in a regular subway station. Um, and so the preserved rail cars, most of which can still be operated, date as far back as the predecessor companies that came before the New York City Transit Authority, such as the BMT and the IRT. And I think that's another interesting fact. Um, they, they tell you the story of how the... Um, 
the organizations that run the subway yeah. started off as small, separate, private businesses that eventually sold each other out or bought each other out and then ended up becoming one big entity. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting to know that yeah. and, and to think of how many other companies, whether now it's like, nowadays it would be on the internet. Like you would exactly. hear like Instagram got bought by Facebook and whatever and like, you know, things like that where you are surprised to hear that one company would buy the other and how it affects mm-hmm. your interaction with that company. Mm-hmm. You know, where now Instagram, for example, has ads like crazy, but before it used to be ad free. Yeah. You know, or Tumblr. Now Tumblr is, you know, censoring and all that. Yeah, and, Tumblr and is porn free. Porn free because, you know, they have probably other companies that are putting pressure on them. Mm-hmm. Maybe they want to clean up their act to be bought by somebody else. I actually heard that it was because they found uh, child pornography on Tumblr. Oof. So that's why they're trying to keep Tumblr clean. Somehow, yeah. Because they don't want to make it that way. Yeah. But, but um, continuing with it. Yeah, continuing with <laughs> We went Near off transit. track, right? We went Near literally. Transit Museum. Off track. Get it? See what I did there? Off, off track, track. Get yes. it? Ah, now we're s- getting back on track. On track. You saw what I did there, right? Yes. Um, so, yeah. So then um, they have rail cars that date so far back. Um, the platform bordering one of the two tracks is equipped with hinged bright yellow gap filler boards to allow the narrow IRT rail cars to be safely boarded from a platform. That's another thing. Um, the construction of, of the, the design of the train cars, mm-hmm. once they became one big system, mm-hmm. they had to take some of the train cars out of commission because they were designed differently. Mm-hmm. Wider or more narrow, yeah, yeah, yeah. things like that. You know yeah. what I mean? Because there was no standardization. Mm-hmm. So that's another thing that it opens your eyes to how things became more standardized. Mm-hmm. Where now you can you can have accidentally a six train running on the seven train. Or, uh, you know, is it, you get on a train, you're like, wait, this looks like an F train. Why is it an F? It's, a, it's realize, on the wrong system. You realize by the way that they are built, which train is which. Because, for example, I, I've noticed that seven trains are less wider than six trains and even E trains mm. and it's because they go underground and they need like a bigger they need to be bigger bigger constructions I guess I guess <laughs> um, so a few specialized hold on a few specialized rail work vehicles formerly used for maintenance are also on view they have what else do they have in there? They have a control room also. They have a fully functional underground signal tower control room on view. Uh, a facility that is used to monitor the, the IND Fulton Street line and IND Crosstown line when the subway station was in active revenue service. Um, the track diagram indicator lights and control levers are fully operational and are still needed when the subway cars are on display. Um, other artifacts in the museum include a poster for the 1926 lost film Subway Sadie, Sadie, as well as an original brass light fixture from the station's operating days. It also features an original mosaic plaque from the 137th Street station mm-hmm. dating back to 1904. Wow, that's crazy. The subway's opening. That's crazy. That is crazy. 1904. I told. No, man. <laughs> Um, and then they, they, the Wikipedia goes into how they have the 
fleet of bus car of buses and and they have all that kind of stuff on display all the different buses from the different time periods they have a fake bus that you can get into ah uh, yeah remember that they have mm-hmm. the front of the bus um and they they talk to you about they show you like um the original bus that was the an experimental bus and it had rear exit doors they have another bus that was uh, the first one that had air conditioning uh you know the new look bus that was in 1959 it had a new look to it mm-hmm. um they have something called the uh the, the fishbowl bus so it's interesting because it shows you how over the years the the company tried to reinvent yeah you know what the public transportation could look like yeah mm-hmm. and um I mean, I think now we've gotten to a certain point where they don't really change the shape of them that much. A little bit, but not so much. It's now more the technology. The inside, yeah. They try to hook up the technology. Mm-hmm. I mean, honestly, right now, the biggest thing, the biggest innovation that I saw personally was this whole thing with the... Uh, the um, they have internet and... In... No, no, even letting you know when the train's coming. Oh, yeah. That's, that was a huge innovation for me. Yeah, Like, yeah, once, yeah, yeah. once they announced that that was going to happen as an experiment, mm-hmm. and then it became across the board on all the stations I was like wow we're yeah. in the future yeah because that's and, huge and now the new thing for buses is that um, they tell you which is the next stop in a clear way because before it, it was the bus driver that will tell you but right. it, it tells you like and this yeah, is the next stop but, now. Yeah, but yeah. now the bus actually has a, a robot an announcement, yeah, yeah, announcement and, 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 and a sign yeah. and a sign mm-hmm. alright so uh, just quickly the current exhibition current exhibitions at the place steel stone and backbone building the new york subways they talk about the challenges building the actual tunnels for the subway i remember that Mm -hmm. it was all like the black and white photos and all that showing you the pickaxe and how they had to drill and everything by hand Uh, moving the millions chronicling the history of the subway system uh fare collection the different tokens and the different ways that they collected the fares and it's kind of interesting because especially now that we use the metro cards it's interesting to see the old coins and all that for people who've never experienced that. Uh, Clearing the Air discusses how they are trying to reduce their carbon footprint. Um, The only thing that I'll point out, and I'm gonna end this Wikipedia entry, I mean, the rest is just facts, facts, facts about the place and some pictures, but the only thing I'm gonna point out is they didn't mention graffiti at all. Yeah. They had one little blurb Mm -hmm. on a little poster somewhere and it says like, in the 70s it became blah, 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 and there was a problem with graffiti and crime in the subway. And it's just like a little paragraph. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, wow, I can't believe they didn't have, like, a subway car at least right. dedicated Wait, to it or something. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. But, um, all right, whatever. I think, mm. in general, it's a good exhibit. Uh, for me, it was amazing to see that even the trains that I grew up with are now in a museum. Yeah. It makes me feel really old. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure the trains that you're riding in now that you're yeah, exposed to now will one day for be now, there. Exactly. So, it's good to keep checking it out. We will go soon again. To see what they have in the new exhibit. Yeah, the next next visitor that comes to New York will take you. Yeah. Culture talk. Are you feeling cultural? Yes, it's the holidays. You gotta feel cultural. You gotta feel as part of 
you know, the Latino theme and feel it in your blood and oh start God. dancing. So spicy. Feel the music. So spicy, Carla. Yo no soy un hot pepper para que me llame spicy. Yo soy una persona. Eso fue lo que dijo Angela Ray when she was in a in an interview. Did you have that ready? Were you waiting? Did you have that yeah. saved? You had that saved? Yeah, I was like, wait, spicy? This Somebody, is what I have to somebody's say. Gonna, somebody's going to say me. Say, I spicy? Have. I got to say, I'm not a hot tamale. I'm not a sauce. Hot sauce. I'm a person. All right, so non-spicy Carla. <laughs> Go ahead. Well, what are we talking about? For this culture talk, um, I wanted to continue with the theme of holidays and Latino traditions and Latino everything. So I have um, different <laughs> Latino dishes for the holidays. Ah. Oh. So we can talk about it. Um, it's a mixture between savory and sweet. So there's some desserts and also some... Um, Plates so this is food use. specifically for the holidays? Specifically for the holidays, yeah. Th and you said Latino. This is all cultures or specifically Puerto Rican? No, I have some Puerto Rican, some Mexican, one Honduran, um, you better have Colombian. A, I, yeah, I was about to say you better have a Colombian in there. Kind of <laughs> don't come with me like One that. Colombian because, you know, we got to keep it real. At least one, please. At least one. Got to represent. I'm going gonna, gonna to take a guess before you say it when we get to that one. Let me guess. Okay. But I, I have a feeling which one it's going to be. Okay. Well, All right, let's so start. Ahead. Yeah, get, get it going, Carla. Come on now. <laughs> well, the first one is obviously Puerto Rican and is the pasteles. Oh, pasteles. Yes. I like pasteles. Pasteles, they're delicious and they're not pasteles like cakes. Ah, you see, I was thinking. Seriously? <laughs> Every time you say pasteles, no. I'm thinking like, I'm thinking like like sweet things. It's not pastel like like no, torta. No, you're talking about tamales. And it's not the same. Well, okay, there exactly. If you think about, if you are more familiar with tamales, pasteles are basically a type of tamales. Okay. Um, and it's made out of dough that can be yuca or um, corn, if I'm correct. Um, you put some filling inside, which has some me uh, meat, um, red meat or pork. And then also you can put some chickpeas. And if you like olives, you put olives on it. Mm. Some people don't like olives and that's a whole thing in Facebook <laughs> and for Puerto Ricans. Really? Yes. Um, you put that in the filling, but if you don't want, you can leave it out. And then you just um, cover them with parchment paper. There's that specific way to do them. Yeah. So I'll, maybe I'll post a video of how to make pasteles because it's a whole ritual and, you know, steps to follow. All right. Then when they're ready to make, um, what usually what is done is you boil them in water uh, for like an hour or so. And then when you serve them, you can put a little bit of ketchup on top of it. That's another thing that some people like, some people don't like. I actually like a little bit of ketchup on my pasteles. But yeah, those are pasteles, are traditional Puerto Rican foods, um, very special during the holidays. Okay. Then we have the Rosca de Reyes. What is that? Have you heard of that? <laughs> it sounds familiar, but I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm sure you have heard of it. So, 
is a sweet holiday bread and it's shaped like a wreath and decorated a wreath, sorry. Sorry. A wreath and decorated with candied figs, lemon, cherries and mango. Mm. A little baby Jesus doll. This is when you the fun love, starts. You know I love my baby Jesus. You know I love my baby yes, Jesus. Yes, exactly. So you're going to love the Rosca de Reyes. Oh, my goodness. Because a, a little baby Jesus doll is Li- baked. Lives in there? Oh, my God. Is baked into the bread. No joda. Yes. Seriously? And, yeah. And whoever gets the piece of bread with the doll in it, it says here that has to provide food for the next party, but I, I thought that it was just like... Well, they're lucky and they get the little muñequito. Because that's the whole thing about the Rosca de Reyes. Get or, the muñequito. Or they're lucky and they break a tooth. Exactly. <laughs> Be like, oh my God, what is this? I broke a tooth. God <laughs> wanted it to happen. Oh, for baby Jesus. As he could. It should be a happy moment because it was baby Jesus who broke your tooth. <laughs> But yeah, no, that's the Rosca de Reyes. Um, this I've seen uh, this tradition a lot in Spain. Mm-hmm. more than Latin America, but I also have seen it in Mexico. So, Rosca de Reyes, very fun. Baby Jesus is, in, is inside the Rosca de Reyes. <laughs> All right, I like that. Yes. I, I, I had, that had sounded really familiar, but I hadn't... Um, I didn't know about the baby Jesus and all that. Yeah. It's very interesting. El muñequito, así le llaman. Okay, so continuing with Atole. This one is new. What, what is it? Atole. Atole. Yes. This A-T-O-L-E? One, yes. All right. This one is new um, while looking for something different because I didn't want it to give you guys all Puerto Ricans. I know that you, ah. guys, you guys are familiar. I was crazy with that. Puerto Rican is Puerto Rican. <laughs> you guys are familiar <laughs> already with the Puerto Rican tradition, I feel, because it's, it's one of the biggest Latino well, groups per, in the United per States. Nili, per Nili Ponque. No es, por, no es ponqué, es pasteles. Pernil ponqué en Heineken. Oh, my God. <laughs> es medalla. Es no Heineken. In the What? Bronx, it's Heineken. Or Kurs Light. Kurs Light. Okay, atole. is a thick, rich porridge-like drink. And is Porridge is like, um, parecido como la avena. Oh, like oatmeal. Okay, okay. It's kind of like that. Como that is thick. Grainy, but, yeah, yeah. but like, like milky, grainy. Okay. Yeah. So um, it's a drink that is traditional holiday staple in Mexico. And it's served for breakfast or with lunch or dinner. It's, it is satisfying and filling. It is sweetness with brown sugar, cinnamon. Oh, that's good. And topped with oatmeal. fruit. Sounds like oatmeal. So it's like a like special oatmeal, yeah. oatmeal for yeah. Christmas. That's cool. Yeah. I can I, get down with that. Yeah, that's cool. I like that better than the baby Jesus in the... In the, in the <laughs> <laughs> I don't like tricks. No? <laughs> no, I don't like tricks. Aww. Don't be putting baby Jesus in the, in the oatmeal either. But that, that would be cool. No. Yeah, because it's like... It's like surprise! I was born. No, it's surprise! Like, I'm here. It's like I was born it's today. Like, let's sit down and eat, and let's just watch who chokes on a baby Jesus, and then we're gonna be like, <laughs> Ah, you found it! <laughs> <laughs> Invite the gringo down. To- <laughs> <laughs> and everybody knows where the muñequito is, yeah, and, and they're intentionally it. don't take in that yeah. little piece, and you're gonna <laughs> give it to him. Wow, that's messed up. Okay, so let's continue with um, rompope. 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 All right. It says, What is that? Um, it's also from Mexico. It's a thick, 
froth, uh, froth, frothy. <laughs> it's a thick, frothy, frothy, frothy drink, similar to eggnog. Yep, eggnog. Um, it is flavored with rum and cinnamon, and okay. uses almond to thicken it. So it's basically like a Mexican coquito. Mm. Because it says that it uses almond, so instead of coconut, almond to make it make it thick. Yeah. And it's like eggnog. And they also put rum on it. So that's what it is, rompope. I think that we should go to a Mexican restaurant and order this holidays rompope. And order a rompope to see if they're really traditionally Mexican. <laughs> and they will we'll be like, oh, do you serve rompope? And they'll be like, how do you know about that? All right. <laughs> All right, let's do it. We'll find out. They're okay. going to be like, do you want an Irish coffee instead? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So... That was rompope. Then we have pernil to break out the sweetness with something savory. <laughs> Let me ask you this. Yes. Christmas. Yes. Thanksgiving. Mm. Your birthday. What? Quinceañera. Yes. Mother's Day. Yes. Freaking anniversary! Everything has pernil. So how is it a special Christmas thing, pernil? Every every event in Puerto Rico has pernil. Not every. Every event, event in Puerto Rico has pernil. Quinceañeras. <laughs> Let me repeat. <laughs> anniversary. Let me go over the list again. Quinceañeras. <laughs> Graduations. <laughs> it's like el arroz con andules. Thanksgiving. Yeah. Christmas. Halloween. Seriously. <laughs> Valentine's <laughs> Day. Everything has pernil. Now you, now you, you, you know it damn right. Like, like, you exageraste. know it damn right. Because it's not You know it damn Valentine's Day. Lo que pasa es que el pernil, el pernil Mother's Day. is life. You're going to tell me pernil that? Pernil is, is wonderful. Pernil is, is flavorful. Are you going to tell me that on Father's pernil Day and on Mother's Day life. they don't have pernil? Yes. <laughs> We don't. It depends on it depends on the household. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know But you I will do. say, pernil well, for, for you guys, if you guys don't know what pernil is, is basically the shoulder of the pig, and of the pig. Yeah, it's a roast pig. It's a big old roast pig. Yeah. And it's seasoned um, one day ahead with garlic, <laughs> pepper, oregano, olive oil, salt, and it's cooked for five hours at. 400 degrees until el cuerito is crispy. <laughs> so the <laughs> skin is crispy. Because that cuerito has to be yeah. nice and, and the, crispy. And the pig ears have to be crispy. Yeah. See, I would, I would be, I have a hard time with, I know that it's on the list, but I, I would be more in favor of it being really represented on the list if it had a specific Christmas uh, seasoning or ingredient. Mm -hmm. Like if it was pernil for Navidad and it had some special thing on it that yeah. makes it a Christmas pernil. Yeah. Then I would be more like, all right, cool. But because it's just pernil, I don't know, man. You guys, just you just run pernil too much. I'm sorry. Okay, well, that's what it is. <laughs> what can I tell you? <laughs> all right. Okay. There goes everything. So, yeah, there goes everything. So continuing with my little list. Um, I also have arroz con leche on the list. All right. And arroz that's con leche. Puerto Rican? 
Um, it's actually universal. It's, it's Puerto Rican, but I think it's very uh, Latin American. Yeah. Because there's different versions of arroz con leche, mm -hmm. but I know that in Puerto Rico we do arroz con leche as well and arroz con dulce. But I, I know that we have both. Okay. So and something that they do in different places. I'm with it. Um, so arroz con leche is a wonderfully thick and rich rice pudding flavored with cinnamon and condensed milk. Um, it is served hot and topped with cinnamon and butter. Okay. Uh, so this version is from Mexico, but there's, like I said, there's different versions. And I think that in Puerto Rico, it might be served cold. Don't quote me on that, but... I yes. just I just did. I just quoted you. <laughs> I just wrote it down. Carla oh, said no. on this day. On this day. December blah, 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 blah. Okay. Well, that's arroz con leche. All right. I have the Colombian one. Which uh, one is? The Colombian holiday, Christmas holiday treat. I would imagine you're going to go for a treat because you're not really going to go for a food. Mm -hmm. Is going to be natilla. Well, I have that on the list, but it's not that. Then if it's not natilla, then it is... <clears throat> I'm not sure you know. All right, go ahead. Because you're going to be... When I say you're going to be like, but that's not Christmas. Like, well, it's, it's listed as ho as a holiday food, so I don't know. Arequipe con... No. <laughs> Buñuelos. <laughs> that's all year round for me. Buñuelos. That's all year round for us. We have buñuelos all the time. Buñuelos, go ahead. Are a fried dough, a fried dough bowl. <laughs> and these bowls are made with queso costeño or cheese from the coast. From the coast, yes. From the coast. Mm -hmm. um, which is saltier than the usual queso fresco. Okay. And then they're deep fried and that's buñuelos. I'm and surprised that I've heard before mm -hmm. it mentioned as a as a Christmas food, but I'm always surprised that it is. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, I think because you see it all year round in the bakery, so I don't yeah. see how. On it's the like list, Christmas. they'll say that um, there was there was one that it was listed that they were serving it with wine. And I don't know what, and another one that it was maybe like an appetizer between. Uh, foods and when people were drinking guaro they were eating buñuelos as well okay so that's mm. how it was listed um another holiday dish okay uh, this one comes from honduras and it's called torrejas shout out to my people in honduras yes and torrejas are traditional honduran dessert that are similar to French toast and made with pinole roasted fresh corn kernels. Kernels? Kernels. Okay. Kernels, yes. Um, so those are torrejas. They're traditional for also for Christmas. And uh, they're like French toasts, which that's interesting. And I would like to taste them. Maybe I'll make them one time or whatever. <laughs> I'll look up their recipe. Okay. And the last one I have is, yes, natilla. Um, <laughs> but natilla, it says that um, it's a term in Spanish for a variety of custards, which is true because I've learned, I've, I've heard of natilla in Puerto Rico, but um, made out of coconut. 
and there's different ones like coconut, uh, milk, vanilla. So natilla is like a custard. Yeah, it's. I never liked it. Mm -hmm. Me neither. I don't know. I've tried it. I've yeah. tried it out of peer pressure, mm -hmm. out of Colombian peer pressure. I've tried it, but yeah. uh, <laughs> I I never liked it too much. No. Yeah. Well. That was my list of what? That was holiday. it. Oh my goodness, Carla! <laughs> holiday dishes. No, what do you? No gingerbread cookies. No. Uh, no, no, that's American. What? Come on! It's Christmas, Carla. It's Christmas, Christmas. Oh time my God! Is this is here. Every time it's Christmas, <laughs> is this song? It's this the is the song, song that comes in. Um, all right. I would say for me. I mean, there's many other dishes, but this is just a, a small. I think you nailed it. I think the pernil, I know I'm teasing you about the pernil, but yeah, pernil is always a, a thing in Puerto Rican. But the uh, thing is that I've, I've learned that uh, not and co only... And coquito, obviously. Coquito, coquito, like, yeah. coquito is like the minute Thanksgiving comes, people are already talking yeah. about making coquito and selling coquito. And, mm -hmm. and, and I'm sorry, everybody out there, but all your coquito tastes the same. I mean... <laughs> Seriously? You're all using the same ingredients. So it's ah, like, pues I'm not going to make mine this year. <laughs> oh, no, coquitos in this house. Not yours, baby. Yours tastes different. Yours is oh, special. Oh, okay. You put that special uh, ingredient in. Yes. It's better. Okay. Um, no, but, you know, coquitos, coquito. It's like, you know, it, it's good. It's nice. It's filling, though. You know, like yeah. you, you make a bottle and that's more, more than, than enough, enough. But then you have to buy the supplies to make a bottle and you end up making three bottles because you... It's too much. And then you end up drinking... Coquito for three months. Three months. No, you gotta give it away. Yeah. Because definitely when you make coquito, it's so thick that you don't want to have three bottles of coquito in your house. No. I mean, unless you like it, but really it's, it's, just, it's too much. It's not good for you. No, that it's much not good of it's for not you. And it's not even the alcohol, it's just the condensed milk yeah. or whatever it is. Yeah. And any type of rice, um, like rice with beans, like all together. Yeah. In Latino households, is like a most for the holidays as well. Uh, my my own little personal treat for the holidays, I would say, is um, alcohol-based. I would say is like uh, like the Kahlua with milk and stuff like that. Like yeah. a little something, not so much eggnog, mm -hmm. but like something around that lines. Like I do when it gets cold out and it's winter time, I do get the inspiration and yeah. fix myself up a couple of those. But that's pretty much it. Yeah. All right, guys. So, if you guys have any suggestions for Christmas foods, please Ooh, yes, chime let in us on know, Instagram. I would love to taste everything. You wanted me to teach you, right? Hablando español, Carla. Hablando español. Yes, Do you I have guess. some Spanish words for um, me? Are you going to teach yes, me some yes, Spanish? Of course. Okay, first word, coquito. <laughs> coquito. Coquito, como se dice en inglés? Coquito. <laughs> All right, what do you got for me? Okay, how do you say transit? Transit. Um, transit, transito. Yes. I drew a blank for a second. Transito. Um, how, how do you say public transportation? Public transportation is... Trans, I'm going to just literally translate it transportación pública. Yes, that's how or it publico. is. Or público. No, transportación pública. Yeah. Pública. Wow, yes. okay. Got uh, it. Nailed it. How do you say yes. boss? Boss? 
Jefe? No. Boss? Oh, bus. Bus. <laughs> How do you say bus? Bus. Autobus. Yes, that's a great, great, yeah. Well, there's no other way to say it. Except in wow, Puerto Rico. Wow. Ah, exactly, 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 exactly. This is a trigger trigger word. This is a trigger word for Puerto Ricans. <laughs> La guagua, nene. So, how do you guys say bus in Puerto Rico? Guagua. Guagua. <laughs> and actually, in... in a, I would love to know where that came from. In, I I don't, I'm not sure if it's, if it's in Peru or in Chile, but guagua means kid. Yeah, I'm sure. It doesn't mean bus. I don't know where you guys came from. Okay, how do you say <laughs> tono? Anyway, bus is out the bus, so okay. everybody get with it. That's great. Or bus. Yeah, bus. How do you say tono? Tono, tunnel. Great. Uh, how do you say train? Train. Tren. Perfect. How do you say... Yes. Station. Station... Uh, that's an interesting word because station... I think I've come across issues with that word because... So station is estación. Yes. But you can also say like stop, parada. Yes. Like people mix these words up a little bit. Yeah, uh, that's de true. Depending what you're referring to. So I think that what I've learned is that I use more station for the train station, but stop, la parada for a bus. For I'm buses, thinking, I could see yeah. that. I could see that. Um, but then, but then station, estación, and then radio station. Right. La estación de radio. Yeah, like that kind of throws people off a little bit when they're translating, yeah. you know, English to Spanish and trying to find an exact translation. Yeah. Um, I feel like there's another word for station, for train station, that is not estación. Uh, kind of like terminal or kind of like, like it's, it's a word that has more to do with the... But terminal is just more for... Airports. I, I understood. But like you could say, you know, Grand Central Terminal. Right. You know what I mean? And I think that's an old-fashioned expression. Maybe. That yeah. is, that is, there's another word is what I'm saying. That station, I know that we're saying station, but I feel like there's another word in Spanish for that. But for now, station. Estación. Okay. Dale. Uh, do you have any words for me? <laughs> do I have any words? Do I have any words for you? Yes. Of course. We're talking about Christmas. Mm -hmm. Let's go real simple and basic. Mm. How do you say Christmas tree? Árbol de Navidad. So, árbol. Árbol. De? De Navidad. Navidad is Christmas. Christmas tree. Okay, so Christmas tree is tree of Christmas. Árbol de Navidad. How do you say, and I know there's a word for it, how do you say the nativity scene? I know there's one word for it. Pesebre. That, how, why is that? <laughs> I never understood. How does nativity scene becomes pesebre? Or maybe it's just nativity for short. Well, what if is, you want to get the, the, the what is literal pesebre? translation of nativity scene will be escena de la natividad. Right. So what is pesebre? Pesebre is actually the place where the baby Jesus lies on. Pesebre is like... The manger? 
I think it's that, but also it might be the major. The whole scene of the stable and and them it, being it, in a place that is for animals. It's a stable. That's a it's a stable. Okay, so then it's more about the, the location. Gotcha. Yeah. Hi, thank you, Carla. You taught me a lot. Um, I feel more Spanish. That's great. All right. Another episode in the bag. That's, that's right. New mics. New mics. New us. New studio. New studio. New studio. New mics. New us. See that? All right, you guys. Um, next episode will be episode 60, and we will be talking about one more museum, I think. And then yeah. I might have to move on. <laughs> Se acabaron los museos. Se acabaron los museos. I think it'll be one more museum. And Carla, bueno. what are we talking about in Culture Thought? Do you know? We might review a movie. Yes. Stay tuned, guys. <laughs>